My name is Rabbi J. Simcha Cohen. I'm the rabbi of Congregation Etzchayim in West Palm Beach, Florida. My topic for today is rabbinic ritual prayer, its rationale and scope. We are all aware that the rabbis have established guidelines for tefillah for prayer. They've set up rules as to when we should pray, what we should say, and how to say it. Of concern is the necessity for all of these regulations. Why not leave prayer to the spontaneity of the individual? In fact, many modern exponents of religion maintain that prayer is a personal dramatic encounter between man and his creator, a dialogue of such divine nature that any limitation concerning the time or mode of, of expression only tend to hinder the spontaneity and negate the meaningfulness of the act. And as a result, many have today the tendency to eliminate ritual laws and leave prayer to the individuality of the worshiper. Please note, this approach is wrong. It fails to comprehend the essence of rabbinic prayer as well as the symbolic significance of rabbinic rituals itself. Rabbinic prayer has its roots not in the individuality of man, but in time. According to ritual law, it's not sufficient to pray when a mood or inspiration creates a need or provides an outlet for the expression of emotions and thoughts. Man is required to pray each day, each day in the morning, in the afternoon and evening. A portion of time must be devoted to prayers. A prayer forgotten or neglected, a prayer not said, can never be properly replaced. This teaches us the importance of time. Not everything can be postponed to the future. What can and should be done now, today, cannot be done tomorrow or the next day. And each portion of time has the potential to provide joy and happiness and meaningful experiences. And once time has been wasted, it can never be retrieved. If I was sad today, lonely or wasteful, no action that I do subsequently can ever alter the awesome fact that my yesterday or my time was still a sad one. The set time for ritual prayer is designed to discipline the mind. The Maharal, the mystic of Prague, says that tefillah, prayer, means machshavo, thought. See Rashi's commentary on Bereshis 48.11. Thus, prayer becomes one of the most difficult arts of mankind. It's an art that demands a systematic as well as an analytical approach. To pray, man must think. He must try to comprehend the vast ramifications of all he says. He must involve himself in a process that asks himself to understand himself, his relationship to Hashem, and his obligation to mankind. It's much more difficult to think than to act, to comprehend than to do. Life experiences can never be made meaningful if man does not think about them. The Gemara in Baruchas 55b says that if a man goes seven days without a dream, he's called evil. The meaning of this statement may be gleaned from another where it is stated that a man is shown in a dream only what is suggested by his own thoughts. A man dreams at night about what he's been thinking during the day. The dreams may be fanciful, vague, but they are still extensions of man's most private thoughts. Thus, the Talmud implies that a man who does not dream for a week 
is a man who has not been thinking for a week. Such a man is sinful. He negates his most meaningful, fundamental quality. To really be alive, he must think. And to really appreciate life, he must use his mind. Ritual prayer, therefore, informs us that man must never be allowed to forget this most distinguishing mark. He must be forced to pray, to exercise his mind, and laziness is never permitted. No man is allowed to spend a portion of day without thinking. He must pray. He must daven. Shachris, Mincha, Mairev, Shalom.